In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I know that many times I have said that I wish that I could have one emotion at a time. Wouldn't that be easier? You know, so much of our lives, the longer we live, we rail against that reality or we struggle to find some peace with it. We watch our children succeed and then we also feel that twinge of sadness as we see their growing independence. We celebrate wonderful milestones, but we wonder what the next year will bring. Humans have been struggling with the both ends from the beginning of time, and we see this in our religious traditions and in our art and in our music. We want to feel one emotion, but we fall short. It's because life is full of contradictions. And nowhere is it more true than as we walk through this Holy Week. On Sunday, we celebrated Jesus' triumphant entrance into Jerusalem. We feel the crowds pushing in on our backs, palm branches thrown at his feet. We hear the hosannas, and then before we know it, we are turned and we hear crucify him. All within these moments, our hearts soar and then they fall back again. We begin with the end in mind as we begin this holy week. And in the midst of it, we acknowledge our own deaths. We hold on close to Jesus here this night as we also prepare to let him go. We live in a life full of contradictions. I had this feeling so profoundly a couple of years ago when we watched Notre Dame burn. That ancient 18, that, that ancient 800 year old church crashing to the floor, hot flames lapping around stained glass windows that had restored, withstood war, bells that had heralded peace. We all stood there in front of our televisions wondering what was lost, what would not be able to be reclaimed. We are reminded that that grand lady had known destruction before and that cathedrals are more than bricks and mortar. Certainly tonight as we gather together this way, we know that. I was reading a, a comment on Facebook by a bishop friend of mine who said, there are no such things as virtual church or virtual clergy or virtual services. It's just the church in a different form, but just as real and true. And then when we saw images from Notre Dame, what stood in front of us was a cross standing resolutely amid the smoldering embers. Life is full of contradictions. Barbara Brown Taylor, in her book, Learning to Walk in the Dark, speaks so beautifully to this reality. She says, new life starts in the dark. Whether it is a seed in the ground or a baby in the womb or Jesus in the tomb, it all starts in the dark. But this is difficult for us to embrace. We want God to be well-lit and easily recognizable if we turn around and look, there is also an equal and opposite truth that almost never comes up in church, but is well attested throughout scripture. God dwells in darkness. God comes to people in dark clouds, in dark nights, in dark dreams, in dark strangers that sometimes scare them half to death, but it's almost always for their good, or at least for their renovation. God does 
some of God's best work in the dark. And at the same time, light shines in the darkness, and the darkness will not overcome it. We live in a life full of contradictions. So tonight is an ordinary night. Jesus is gathered with his friends as they had so many other times before. It's a night filled with laughter and stories and banter, bowls of food passed from one another. Maybe it is for them a rare moment of solace to feel close to Jesus. But then there's something that feels a little bit more somber. Judas seems nervous, anxiously awaiting the setting of the sun, wondering when he will make his move. There is something different in that room, and no one can quite put their finger on it. And then Jesus looks around that mo- looks around that room, and in the Gospel of John, it tells us that he knew with all the authority in heaven and on earth that all of that power had been given to him, all of it. In that moment, in that great moment between the divine and the human, two paths seemingly contradictory, two different truths, the meeting of unimaginable power and the greatest of all weaknesses. And what does Jesus do in that moment? In that moment, Jesus takes off his outer garment and he puts on a towel and he wraps it around his feet and he washes the feet of his disciples. Twelve times he stops to stoop and to bless and to wash. A rite of purification through the water swirling with dust and grime of the street. Power balanced with humility. So in this moment, he sets an example that we have throughout our lives. For no servant is greater than his master, a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Know that if you do these things, you too will be blessed. The master becomes the servant of God in human form, the savior of us all, the greatest of all contradictions. Amen.